As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Adirondack McGee. What's up, Shoot? There we go. Yeah, that's my new nickname. Um, feeling great, feeling recharged, went on vacation, just, you know, the short holiday weekend. It's really nice. Colleen and I got a nice little getaway, went up to the Adirondacks. I don't know if you... I think you've been to the Berkshires, which is all part of the same mountain chain. So yeah. I had a nice little time thinking, you, know, you got Poconos, you got Berkshires, you got Adirondacks. Which is the best mountain range, honestly? I don't know. but Definitely not the Poconos. It's definitely <laughs> not the Poconos. Yeah, we can definitely drop that one down. I love, but, oh, I love the Poconos. Of course. But it's definitely not like, if you're ranking mountains to go visit yeah Poconos is like a casual weekend trip i think we feel that way because it's so close but i do wonder if the people in like western new york feel the same way about the adirondacks and western massachusetts same thing with the berkshires it was enjoyable i got to see lake placid i um gotta say a little underwhelmed at the 1980 olympic rink i was like whoa a miracle happened here but it was just a hockey rink. So let me let me get this straight. You're no un- blood or anything anywhere. I was like, what the fuck? You're underwhelmed by a ice skating rink from twenty. Wow, fuck me, forty years ago. Yeah, they had one from. Oh my god. Well, this dude. is the thing is they. I know, really. They had one from 1932, and then they had one from 1980, and they weren't really that different. And there were like kids playing on it and shit. And our hotel room was full of these like knucklehead Canadian hockey kids. They're my favorite. I fucking hate them. Really? They're so fucking funny. We didn't know it. Like, we were like, oh, we're staying at a nice resort. This is going to be so much fun. It's President's Day weekend, so it's going to be, like, all skiing people. No, it's a bunch of, like, 12-year-old little assholes running around. They had every little private room rented, and they were hitting slap shots with, like, I don't know how the hotel let them do this. But it was an absolute nightmare, and they left. You're that guy now. Well, yeah, because if I go to a hotel, I want to be able to sleep in. I don't want, like, a fucking 12-year-old sprinting down the hallway at 7 a.m. you remember when you were 12 in in a hotel? Yeah. And how much fun was it to run down the hallway? It was fun for me, but you know what? I realized that I probably terrorized a nice 30-year-old couple who was having a nice romantic getaway. Oh, it was just your birthday. That's why you went away. So how old are you? How old are you? 32. Okay, good. Just just clarifying. Yeah, just, just clarifying. Know, and putting it out there. A little. <laughs> That's actually the first time that I've said 32, so. Welcome. Surprised I got it right. Welcome to the club. And, uh, you know, it's funny, and a lot of our listeners probably don't know this, but Dev and I got married on your birthday. Yeah. One year ago. Yeah. So your birthday slash President's Day weekend trip. You will was always also, think about me on your anniversary. I which will. Is fun. I yeah. will. And like, it was also my anniversary. And uh, I texted the group like, yeah, big first year anniversary. And Shooter had to interject to go, it's my 32nd anniversary on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He had to make it about himself. Of but course. No, we, we legit had a birthday cake at our wedding and saying happy birthday to you because yep. we love you. Absolutely. Even though you're an asshole. But um, I had a, a lovely anniversary. We went to, uh, I put a whole day together. All uh-huh. right. So like I have some connections because of my, my cooking and like my private dinner stuff. And I don't ever call upon anybody because I don't like asking for things yeah. ever. But I hit a couple people up. I was like, look, I'm trying to put together like a fun day for, for my wife and I. It's our first anniversary. I want to make it a big one. So here's what I did. It, it was the most romantic shit ever. I'm going to okay. get like all the brownie points. All right. 
except they're probably all gone now because I'm bragging about it on a podcast, but whatever. Yeah. So this one woman I work with is like a concierge and she like works with just like families and people to like mm-hmm. put together special events. Like she did Deshaun Jackson's return party when he came back to Philly to play for the <laughs> okay. Eagles. So I hit her up and I was like, Hey, I need something special. I want like a, a fun dinner, like an activity, like what can you do for me? And she was like, Oh, so there's this thing that you can do called a love letter to Philadelphia. All right. Okay. And you get on the L train with a tour guide and you know, all the murals, are all around Philadelphia, yeah. right? So there's one artist named Stephen Powers who did an entire series, and it's called A Love Letter. And each mural is a different love letter, and you put them together, and it creates an actual love letter. Okay. So we went down the L, took pictures of all of our murals. It was lovely. You know, our guy Jerry was our tour guide, and this is, I guess, a free ad for Love Letter to Philadelphia. Yeah, shout out, Jerry. You should do it. And Jerry, it, it was an awesome experience. Then we went to Alpen Rose, which was lovely. We got like this big booth in the corner, and like, nice. have you ever been there? Corner booth? No, I saw pictures of the steak, and I was jealous. Yeah, when you when you knock, you have to ring a doorbell. Okay. There's like no speakeasy? sign. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of the same vibe. Yeah. And then like a Wizard of Oz door opens up on the door panel and goes boop, and someone pops their head out and goes reservation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that's then, fun. So the cherry on top. And this is perfect. So I'm at the gym, um, before our anniversary, and. Some of my nice getting clients. a light pump in before the anniversary. No, 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 no. This is like a week more than oh, okay. before. Right. And there's people talking at the gym, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like we're going to see Heather McMahon in a couple of weeks. Like she's playing downtown. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like Dev loves Heather McMahon. Mm-hmm. I was like, "When is she playing?" Or when is she performing? And they're like, "On the 18th." I was like, "Fuck yes!" I went online, Perfect. boop tickets. I mean, knocked it out of the park. I'm I'm one for one on anniversaries. It's a good feeling. But this brings me to my next point to all of our listeners because after watching Heather McMahon. I didn't know what to expect. Deva showed me some of her Instagram videos and like they were funny, but I wasn't like, oh, like yeah. rolling on the floor. Dude, she was fantastic. She was really fucking funny. She was great. She played the Philly crowd perfectly. And like she didn't know that we lost to the Astros in the World Series. And so she'd already made an Eagles reference and like everyone got up in arms and she was like making jokes <laughs> about being scared. And then she made a joke because she had dinner with like Verlander and Kate Upton. Oh God. And she was talking about that, and everyone starts booing. And she goes, "Well, what?" And everyone like, "Like we lost, you know, we lost the World Series." Though, the way she played it off, the way she played it off, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. And I, if I she could did see play that. It off, like, if she did play it off that well, you know, kudos to her. But here's my call to action for our listeners: mm-hmm. start bugging her about us. Start tagging us in her comments. I want Heather on this show so bad. She made a housewives reference during the show. Some of our listeners, after I was posting about her, like being at the show, yeah. Um, they commented and said, oh, man, like, she loves the housewives. So call to action, brav bros. Start bugging Heather McMahon yeah, <laughs> until absolutely. she figures out who we are so this we can have This is just how we're going to get, like, every guest. So, like, if you guys want somebody on our show, just start bugging them. Just start Honestly. bugging them. Nothing mean. Gonna... Whoa, whoa. No, no, yeah, whoa, whoa. I Nothing didn't say anything. But like, nice, yeah, yeah. yeah, nice comments. Yep. A love letter, us. if you will. Yeah, a love letter to Heather McMahon <laughs> from the brav bros. <laughs> now, I got to ask, like, what is, so the first year anniversary, is that, like, wood? Or tin? Oh, shit. Or... I don't know. We didn't do that part. We did eat our cake, which is funny because Dev has wanted to eat. Like, we kept the topper. You know, you're supposed cake to eat your cake good. topper. Yeah. The cake at the wedding was great. Yeah. Now, our cake has been sitting in our freezer for a year in a cardboard box. Yeah, but I've heard before that the cake a year later is better sometimes. Oh, absolutely not. And I didn't think oh. it would be. So here's the thing. Dev has been like 
she doesn't like waiting for things like okay. surprises and stuff like that. Like trying six month anniversary, trying that cake, trying seriously, right. but trying to pull off my like my anniversary plans were next to impossible because she just wants to know. She doesn't like surprises, mm-hmm. so she's been trying to eat this cake like every few months. I'm like, no, let's just wait. And I also was like, what do you think this is going to be? Like, do you think this is going to be some crazy, wonderful experience where you're just like, oh, my God, it's still so good. Like, it's been sitting in a box in the freezer and not wrapped. That's a good point. I it's wonder if that's sitting just in a, like box. A, a myth that keeps us going. Probably, because we had it horrible. I think you just broke some sort of, like, marital code, though, you're by not supposed telling to, me. like, spill the beans. Oh, like, after my year oh, anniversary of Colleen, I'm going to be like, Fuck, I don't want that cake. No, you really don't want the cake, but you have to eat it. We're going to keep this into We're going to ruin a lot of people's experiences. And not sorry about it, you know? No, I'm not either. But just something better. Fair warning. And if you do put it in your freezer, maybe just take better care of it. We legit, it was like this flimsy ass, like, you know, the thin cardboard boxes, just like the flap on it. It was that just like shoved in the back of our freezer for a year. So maybe that's the problem. But before we get into anything, I do want to do a quick plug. We have a. Big interview next Monday coming out for you guys, and that's us with Chris Bassett. We had the chance to sit down with him a few weeks ago um, post-reunion and get his take on everything. He dives deep into how he feels about the season, shit that we didn't see on the screen, stuff that happened behind the scenes, stuff that other people potentially did or did not hear. It's a lot of info that you're going to want to hear, especially after we get to see what happens next week. So... Make sure you tune in on Monday. It's going to drop early in the morning. It'll be accompanied with a YouTube video. So head to YouTube if you want to watch it. Head to your streaming service if you want to listen. But (laughs) anyway, we've been rambling long enough. So let's get into our rose and thorn. Um, I'm going to let you go first. I think I've gone first the last couple of weeks. I I need a break. excited. So, you know, we got to get it going. Um, So I've got a rose and then I've got a rosy thing that kind of morphs into a four. A thorn? A form. A thorn. <laughs> um, so to start off with my rose, I've been going through the reviews. I love the reviews. Um, this one, I'm not really sure like how to read these things, but it says sustainability FTW. So For, for the, the win, maybe. I don't know if that's, that's not the name of the review. I think it's the person who reviewed it, so I'm a little confused. But anyway, heart, brow, bros, five stars. Important. Nice. The fact that people are making a big deal out of two cishet males are recapping Bravo shows is weird. Love the pod. Y'all get me through my Friday mornings at work. Call back to cishet. We are. No, this is like three weeks in a row. I think we've had to. Oh, we have both been building on it on Twitter. And now it's, I guess it's a thing. So, uh, you know, that's our thing. All right. I'll take boys. Okay. Cishet um, boys. And now here's my rosy thing. So there have been people on Twitter recently, and I don't know who started this, but they've been not necessarily ranking Bravo podcasts, but more so looking for suggestions. And people reach out and they're like, all right, so here's the four that I listen to. Which, what do you guys like out of these? And then people would comment on it. And I we get this. a lot of people comment. And they're like, at Bravo's, Bravo's are the best, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Bravo Fanatic said, Bravo's is the best Bravo podcast, period. There was a guy, his name is Rick. And I, I'm going to give him his name because it's not really a thorn. Sup, Rick? Well, no, I actually don't have a problem with Rick. Here's the thing. And he might be listening. Who knows? But he tweeted last week for suggestions, and somebody said, Bravo's, Bravo's are the best. He went in and said, I got to give him a listen. He listened to us. He said his issue with the Bravo's is that they act like there isn't a reality show being formed. My issue with the Bravo's is that they act like a, there isn't a reality show being filmed. Example, this week they roasted Marge for telling Melissa that Trey slash Louie said at lunch, blah, blah, blah. And he said, let's not act like the, the cameras aren't there. 
he at least listens. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. I'll give him like, that. There are so many people that give a shit when they just look at our videos and they're like, "Do you guys not watch the show?" It's like, "Do you fucking listen to the podcast?" Right. Very different. Same fucking thing. He actually listens, so I give him a little bit of a prop, and I also get that because you and I look at these people on TV and we're like, "These are people." Correct. Don't be a dickhead just because you're on TV, but I understand that a lot of people watch this with a bit of a I don't want to call it like rose colored glasses, but it's it's a different perspective. It's definitely they expect yeah, I like see the that. theatrical aspect of it, and that's what they like. But then some dickhead comments and says, "You said it perfectly, pandering to popular fan opinions and don't separate the reality TV aspect of it." This guy got one like. The first one got like a bunch <laughs> of likes, and a couple comments. This dickhead got one. You don't listen to us. You have no idea what's going on. At least Rick listened to us. And that's something that maybe we can look at a little differently and be like, all right, cool, whatever. So thanks, Rick. Uh, I like those. Those are good. And they were constructive. And like you said, and I think it's a good thing to note once again, it's like for the people that want to say something such as Rick and then give us a listen, like that makes sense. Like if yeah, you're looking to I escape and you want like the reality part, like we break this down from like a real person standpoint. Mm-hmm. If that's not your thing, that's cool. I appreciate the honest like attempt. Yeah. And maybe we'll hook him again. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But I, yeah, I appreciate that. That's not a bad, that, that is like a rosy thing as you said. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's mine. So I'm going to start off with my thorn. I always like to get the thorn out of the way and then bring it back with a little uh, rosy action. So um, here's my thorn. And this comes from TikTok. Not going to read the name, but uh, guys who talk about women are weird. Gay, not gay. This is weird. Biatch vibes. Oh, we're biatches now. now, dude. Fuck yeah. Add yeah, it to the list. So, I actually like that. Yeah, you biatch. Yeah, so I like that. maybe that's, that's another rosy thing because I'll take biatch. I'll take biatch any day. You know, we're talking about a TV show. It's a TV show that we enjoy to watch. Yep. We enjoy talking about it with each other. And now we just record ourselves talking about it with each other. So, you know what? A couple of biatches. We'll be a couple of biatches. Talking. You're not going to scare us biatches away. For my rose, this is a good rose. And uh, the caption was great. So this one comes from iTunes. We've been getting a lot of iTunes reviews lately, mm-hmm. which I love. Because they're usually more in-depth. And yep. like, if people don't like us, at least they explain why. Um, and they clearly listen because it's on iTunes, but this person loves us. And, uh, this is a five-star review from Laurie Cromie and the caption reads the Bravo husbands. We all need and deserve in all caps. Oh my God. Look, I've tried to talk to my own husband about the housewives and to his credit, he has tried to feign interest. So trust me when I tell you he is perfectly a okay with me having my Bravo bro husbands by proxy instead. We just don't have that many straight male perspectives out in this medium. So I love getting these fresh takes. Side note, love it when you guys drop in sports chatter because it feeds me some good lines whilst my husband watches sports. He may have given up on connecting over the housewives, but thank you for making me sound smart while talking sports. Brav, bros. There's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) I love it. I mean, honestly... I think her husband's going to be like, what the fuck did you just say? She's going to walk in and make a comment about like baseball or football or whatever he might be watching. And it's going to be like so on point and like so niche because we get on weird tangents here. And he's going to be like, what the, who, who are you talking to? This is, it's funny because this is not the first time I've heard or read from either a comment or a review, like from people that don't really watch football. Yeah. And during like the playoff run, they, whoever their spouse was or friend was, was watching like the birds play. And they would drop a little dime in there and just say like one liners and everybody in the room, I guess, was like, What? 
And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd walk away. They would say, like, thanks, Bob, bro. So, look, we're happy to give you some little sports tidbits yeah. here and there and use them as you will. You don't have to watch sports, but if you can shock an awesome people with some good one-liners, we fucking love that. Yeah, we'll support that all day. Yeah, and we'll be your husbands. We'll be all your bra bro husbands. All, yeah, all the bra yeah. bro husbands. Yeah. By proxy only. Yeah, by proxy only. All right, we're married. Don't be gross. <laughs> That takes us to the news, um, and we're going to kind of expedite this situation just because we have a reunion episode. Reunion episodes usually take a little bit longer, got a lot to unpack. So uh, so up first um, is something that I never thought I would, I would hear or read or say, but uh, Eminem is contesting the trademark of Reasonably Shady, claiming that he and Slim Shady and just Shady is his trademark to own. He has been shady. He has been named one of the greatest rappers of all time. He feels that their podcast would damage his brand. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like, I don't think he knows who Giselle and Robin are. Oh, no shot. I know stretch of the imagination. He, I guess he has the trademark on shady. So anytime that somebody tries to trademark something with the word shady in it, he or his lawyers, I guess, get some sort of notification and he's opposing it because he just doesn't want anything near shade. This is the only thing I can think of. Like I said, I don't think he knows who they are. Doesn't care probably, but I think he just doesn't want anything remotely close to the word shady. But then, so here's where I, I have a question. So LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. AKA. Shady. Shady. Is that cool? Trademarked. Yeah. I'm just saying like, yeah, what? I think it's if, if, if LaShawn McCoy tried to, sell merchandise that said shady on it that would be a problem okay all right there's like weird like legal lines to it but i just really think it's funny to see eminem pop up and it was colleen was watching something the other day it was on tiktok and i saw eminem pop up and then i looked at the other side of the screen and it was giselle and robin and i got so excited (laughs) and i didn't say anything because i like didn't i wanted to find it myself and i'm like i gotta look into this and then i found that i'm like oh that's kind of dumb but it's still really funny and then up next um Back in Beverly Hills, we talked last week a little bit that we're both actually getting excited for round two. Yeah. And we're getting ready to get back into it. They started filming recently. So um, Rinna was quoted in an interview saying that she believes that it's going to be boring without her. Now, what are your thoughts? I think it's going to, obviously, it's going to be different. But boring is, I don't know. I mean, she forced so much dumb shit that maybe in her mind she thinks it's going to be boring without her. But I, I think that's just who Verna is. She thinks that everything's boring without her, probably. I don't know if she's necessarily wrong, because we've talked about it before, how all the dynamics are going to change. And you've got Kyle like kind of kissing up to Sutton and Garcelle. What's Erica going to do? Is she just going to be quiet the whole season? She can't talk about her legal problems. I don't really know what's going to happen. The, the show could be boring. That's the thing. But it's not going to be boring because Rin is not there. It might just be boring because there's not a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that Rin is the, the catalyst for whether or not it's going to be entertaining. I think it will. I think that it's going to be more entertaining to not have to rely on just like forced shit all the time. Yeah. But I do think that after like two episodes, we're going to know how it's going to go. I think so, too. I think we'll be like, oh, shit. Or, yay, this looks good. Yeah. I, I can see that happening. But, I mean, if it's 25 episodes long again... What is oh that? man, that's a long percent of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And then the last thing I want to get into, we saw a um a video pop up on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, you name it. In the Bravo world, it was everywhere. 
Joe Gorga walks up to Joe Judice, who, you know, I haven't seen in forever. I didn't even recognize him, honestly. I didn't either. I didn't either. I was like, who is this man? And mm-hmm. then, you know, very quickly realized who it was. And it's like this sentimental moment where they seemingly are cool. And like the last time I saw any clip of Joe Judice, it was him and Joe Gorga getting into a physical fight. Yeah. Where he like bum Joe Gorga bum rushes him and then they like fucking like fall on the floor, they're hitting each other, whatever. So this moment, like he walks up and like he's touching his face and they like seem to have been like cool. And Joe's caption was like, Oh, we just both randomly walked into this bar in the Bahamas and like he was just there and like thank God someone was filming to capture this. Yeah, I mean it's all bullshit. It, it is bullshit. Be. Because here's what then happened after the fact. Gia, Teresa's daughter comments on it saying this is comical that you would even try to do this like clearly to look good on instagram you want it to look good for the fans whatever like this is clearly a setup you're like mr opportunistic you're just gonna do anything you can to get in everyone's good favor his response to that was identical to melissa's response to that well melissa responded did Melissa respond and first? deleted? Well, no. And then Joe responded in the exact same way. Oh, I thought they were both there subsequently. No. no? Nope. Okay. Regardless, clearly one person commenting for both people, mm-hmm. which is a really shitty look. The video as a whole is a shitty look because he looks like directly at the camera. He's touching Joe's face and he makes eye contact with us, the viewers at home. My man, if this is spontaneous spur of the moment, you shouldn't know where the camera is. And if this is an act in which you're trying to regain good favor with us, the audience, fucking do a better job yeah. acting. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, and when Gia commented, and here's, there was like outrage on Twitter from Bravo fans saying like, Gia has no place to be commenting, like get the fuck out. She's, she's the opportunistic one. And they weren't defending Joe by any means, but they were saying that Gia shouldn't be stepping in and doing this. First off, it's her family. I think she can do that. We saw she got a fucking confessional tonight. She's had multiple over the past but couple like, of seasons. You see it happen and you're like, what the hell is going on? I don't understand why everybody's like outraged that the 21-year-old Teresa Judice's daughter is commenting on an Instagram where her I uncle her daughter daughter where her uncle and her father are embracing. Like she knows she probably talks she says she talks to her dad. She probably talked to her dad, knows that it only happened for like three or four minutes. Joe uses it for publicity for whatever fucking twisted reason. The whole thing was messed up. It didn't really make any sense. And yeah, Melissa commented something like, keep the hate out of your heart, among other things, and then deleted it. And then Joe popped up. And the reason for that was supposedly Joe had Melissa's phone in his hands, didn't realize whose phone it was in his hands, and just started commenting. Then realized that it was from Melissa's account. So he he copied and pasted it onto his Instagram and the whole thing was just all screwed up. It just made no sense. And, of course, it was, like, a calm response from them, too. Like, come on, Gia. Like, it's just family. Like, you got to keep the hate out of your heart. Like, no. You're playing this up for the cameras because you want some weird goodwill from somewhere. The whole thing is just fucked up. And I'm kind of tired of watching it. And I get it. Like, they do need to kind of move. I know it's going to be the focal point of the season, and we're, yeah, we're going to get into it. But... I think we might grow tired of it pretty quickly if it wasn't for the newbies like Danielle coming on strong and maybe a couple of the other storylines. I think we would probably be tired of the season pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with the Gia thing. It's funny you said that. And I needed to be checked a little bit because I found myself like, why is she talking? Like, where, where's her role in this? And then Dev very quickly was like, what if that was your family? I was like, great fucking point. Yeah, I would do the same thing. 
And so, you know, I've switched sides and it makes total sense. Like if someone was talking shit about my mom or using my father for publicity on Instagram, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely clap back immediately. So, and we see it tonight too with Gia and Gabriella sitting there and you very rarely even see Gabriella. Yeah, she doesn't go on the she camera. She doesn't very go on camera very often, but what she does, she does something like kind of of importance and she backed everything up. So, like, I'm again kind of siding with Teresa on this oh, one. It's fucking boy, weird. I know we people go. are going to be pissed about it, but. And let me just say this as black and white as I can, because even in a video that we posted last week on TikTok where we make it very clear that this is an objective stance in which we aren't standing for anybody, we're just giving you the facts. People still yelled at us for being on Teresa's side. Like, I don't know how else to frame it in which we don't get yelled at. So I just have now kind of accepted the fact that we are just going to get yelled at regardless of what take we have. So it is what it is. Jersey's a little tumultuous, but let's jump right into this garbage fire. We pick up right where we left off last week. We're still at the pool party, or I guess the, was it the Mutz party? Mutz party. Mutz party. And, um... Teresa and Melissa are still kind of going back and forth. Now, what I didn't expect that, I mean, I knew it was going to happen because of, you know, scenes from next week, Mm -hmm. but Teresa eventually extends an offer for Melissa to be in the wedding, saying, do you want, (laughs) it was funny how she did it. It was kind of funny, yeah. Do you want to be in the wedding? You can be in the wedding if you want to be in the wedding. I thought it was like her calling the bluff, though. Oh, I don't think, look. I don't. I don't think that she. I'm still gonna have a really hard time not thinking of Teresa in like a, like maniacal, like strategical way. You me know what too. I mean? And I'm gonna try my best to look at this objectively the whole time with that, like keeping that always like in the back of my mm-hmm. head. And that's what's funny, like with all the commenters and shit. They're like, "You guys don't know Teresa." Like, yeah, we fucking do. We are. You listen to our shit about her last year. Yeah. We were not nice about it, but I, I went on a rant about it already a couple weeks ago. Like. Are we now at a point where, like, when someone's trying to affect change in their life, we're just immediately like, nope, you know Teresa from back then. Like, fuck that. She's full of shit. You can take it all with a grain of salt and wait until she kind of pans out and see where it goes. But don't just fucking keep throwing them under the bus. And then people keep talking shit about Louie. And look, he goes to dinner and we'll get there way later. But, like, after getting into it with Joe, he then talks to Joe like, dude... Your sister loves you. Let's figure this out. So I'm getting so confused reading comments, reading what people are saying about Louis and Teresa, and then watching this shit on TV. I understand what happened to both of them in the past. I understand what they stood for in the past. I know that there's a lot of shit out there. I'm not dumb. I'm not blind to that shit. However. Well, you're not that dumb. Thank you. I'm not that dumb. Yeah, you gotta however, check however. When can we let off of this fucking rant that, like, they both suck? Can we just, like, let it play out? And maybe they do suck. Maybe they do. But maybe, just fucking maybe, they are changing for the better. And instead of being able to, like, post on your fucking Instagram all the time, your inspirational quotes about changing and bettering your life, and then actually seeing it happen on TV... Instead well, of shitting on it, fucking, like, let it happen. And if they fuck it up, then you can bury it. Yeah. Well, it, it, then you can double bury it. But I do think that has something to do with what we just talked about during the Rose and Thorn thing. The people that we see bitching about it saying, like, oh, no, this is Teresa. It's always been Teresa. There's no way that she's ever going to change are the people that are watching it as, like, a like a drama-scripted TV show. Like a soap opera. Like, when I watch a, an actual scripted TV show and somebody's changing in the show... 
I always have in the back of my mind, like, ooh, I don't fucking trust that person. That's not going to work out well. But it's a scripted TV show. So I always think that they have me on edge. So I think that a lot of people are stuck in those ways. And they're having a hard time looking at this like, oh, that's a fucking real human being. She's going through some shit. Now she has a husband who loves and supports her. It seems like her family loves and supports her with her new husband. She might just actually be happy and doesn't want to project the unhappiness and the toxicity in the world onto other people anymore. Is that fucking, like, bizarre? Look, are we the people that everybody deserve? We're the brave husbands that everybody deserves. By proxy. By proxy. First and foremost, I'm going to post this whole thing to TikTok. I can promise you that. We're going to get fucking crucified. Bring it on. I don't give a shit. Bring it on. I could give a fuck, but... Anyway, back to um, back to the episode. Sorry for the tirade, but um, obviously Melissa and I think anybody would have been like, "Yeah, no, I'm good. Like we can make up. I'll give you a hug. Like we can move past this." But like, it is kind of like inviting yourself to somebody's party almost. I, like I, I don't yeah. think that I would be like. That's why I thought she was calling her bluff because I'm like, ah, she's not gonna say yes. No, I don't. Th- I think to like save face you almost can't say yes Mm -hmm. but like it is an opportunity to kind of move forward hopefully sure you would think but i i could tell at least what i was watching melissa seemed full of shit like when she was responding like she didn't seem genuine with it i think she was more just like all right let's get past this like yeah okay let's hug but like i'm not i'm we're not okay still I don't know. I, I really think that she's like afraid of Joe in some way, because when you see her talking to Danielle a little bit later, she says, you know, I've tried to get Joe to do this. I you can only try so many times with one person like he's not going to budge. This is what he wants to do. I think that now she's like, yeah, I guess like I can be cool with you, Teresa. But at the end of the day, if Joe's still not cool with you, I'm not going to be cool with you. Right. Oh, so- I will stop it in the middle of this mutts party to just kind of squash it. But so, in reality, so I'm not mutts? really done. I don't fucking know, dude. I'm not mutts. Italian. I'm not either. Yeah, mutts. 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 Mozzarella. I'm not making cheese with you ever. Mutts. Joe and his mozzarella sticks. Let's move on. We're getting stuck. In the mutts. <laughs> in the mutts. Stuck in the mutts. <laughs> this episode is going to be called Stuck in the Mutts. We have a different dynamic in the Catania household. Oh, yeah. And we finally get to see Polly. And Frank in the same room. And I haven't seen this yet. And I've, I've been wondering what their dynamic is. But do you agree that Paul looks like Buzz Lightyear a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Do you believe that Frank looks a little bit like Mr. Potato? Absolutely. Just a little bit. Right. So I thought that that was first. It's cute. I think it's a great jumping off point right. for two dudes to like razz but each other a little if bit. If they make the same jokes all the time, like, oh, I couldn't park my spaceship here. Or, you know, some insert Mr. Potato Head joke here, uh, that might get a little annoying. And that's a little weird to watch two grown men make the same joke over and over again because that's what they bond over. But we talked about it a couple weeks ago and last week, honestly, about how Frank just needs to kind of chill out and let this happen. After tonight, I'm actually feeling completely different. I, okay, I'm sorry <laughs> so, you said that. I think it's because yeah, I like yeah. Frank so much. but like I do too, but it, I don't want to cut you. you keep no, going. no, yeah. It's, it's really just like... We talked about how Frank just needs to let things develop. It's a new dynamic. You know, obviously, Paulie needs to get, make sure that his relationship's secure. And then, you know, obviously embrace the rest of the family with your kids, Frank. And it seems like now Frank is completely fine with that. He's open. He just wants to, he just wants it to work like right away. And instead of Paulie like kind of taking his time, I'm getting the, the sense that he's not doing anything. Like he's not trying at all with Frank. 
And other than that, like little Toy Story interaction, he's not doing anything else. And he like he's looking at Dolores. He made that weird comment about sending a woman to do a man's job. Like, yeah, that's I don't know. Like, I there's a whole like old school man mentality bullshit that it's timed out. Nobody fucking talks like that anymore. Just kind of keep that shit to yourself. But at the end of the day, you have to make it work because this is, you know, if you want to marry Dolores, this is the father of her children. Correct. So fucking just make a little bit of an effort. Yeah, Frank might be a little annoying and he might want to like poke around and like try to invite you out all the time and you can deny him a little bit, but just make some sort of effort. Don't just stand there and be like, nah, like I'm with Dolores. Like I don't have anything to do with you. I think that, I think that they're both right on a couple things. Mm-hmm. I think they're both wrong on a couple things. I think that Paul's stance is not wrong. I think where he's coming from in which, like, look, man, this is my girlfriend now. Like, I'm taking care of her. We have a relationship. I don't want this to be a thruple. Yeah. Like, that's not how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. On Frank's side, this is how they've lived their entire life, you know, the majority of it at least, and, like, we're talking about children too. Like their children are used to this dynamic as well. Like there's just, there's a lot that goes into it that I think Paul should be more present of and like more aware of where I get that, you know, things may change now and you might want to do things differently. That's okay, Paul. That is okay. You also need to respect the fact that, you know, Frank can't just be shut out because you come into the picture because that's not how it's been. There needs to be a middle ground here. What's not going to help is like you said, the comment, like, don't send a woman to do a man's job. When Frank's like, look, I texted Dolores to, like, pass it along to you. Frank didn't have your fucking number, guy. Yeah. Like, that's the middle person. So he went to Dolores to try to get you guys to come together and just be amicable and then see where it goes from there. But it feels to me like Paul's trying to push the fact, like, Frank needs to come to me. Frank's going to do all of the work here. Because he needs, like, this is his problem to fix. It's not my problem. He yeah. needs to get the fuck out. I think Dolores is the key to the whole situation. If but she, she could, also, like, she doesn't. She doesn't. I don't think she does anything. She I, doesn't. But I think she's in a really weird place because I think that is. part of her respects, obviously, Paul. And part of her respects mm-hmm. Frank. I think that she well, wants she, both. Here's the thing is she's set boundaries with Frank, right? She says she has. you have to knock. You can't just show up unannounced. Like, his kids live there. But yeah, I get it. Like, don't show up unannounced. Make sure you don't walk into the house. Like, you don't know what's going on. Correct. I agree with that. But she doesn't seem to be extending the same sort of, I don't want to call the boundaries, but like pleasantries or kind of like ground rules with Polly, where she can be like, look, like, you know, Frank's going to be here a lot. Like, I know I'm not asking you to be the best friends with him, but like, be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And like, if he wants to see his kids or he wants to come over, like, you know, have a good conversation with him. Like, that's really all you need. And I feel like if Dolores could just do that with Paul, then maybe he's a little more accepting of Frank. And then the triangle, it's, you know, it's not a throuple, but it's a bit of a triangle that you're going to have to live with the yeah. rest of your life anyway. So, like, just make it easy. I li- and look, I like Paul. I do. Yeah. But tonight, to me, felt like marking my territory. This is my house. This is I feel like he's already girlfriend. done that. Like, well, but you don't enough. have to do that. Like, I know. And that bugs the shit out of me when, like, Dudes get all like tough, like this is my house, this yeah. is my girlfriend. Like yeah. you're not gonna blah, blah, blah. look. Frank's not romantically interested in Dolores. No, okay. Like, give him some space. Give him some grace. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a third worm. That third worm. 
the third word that rhymed with grace. Mm -hmm. Earthworm Jim. Give him some space. Give him some grace. And invite him over to your place. No, I don't know if I can. I like that. that Yeah, yeah. invite him over to your place. Master pad, yeah. (laughs) But we got a quick clip of your girl, um, Jackie. Goldschneider. When did she become my girl? Um, because I don't like her, so she's now your girl. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sitting down at lunch. It's Jackie, Marge, and Melissa. And if you remember from episode one, um, when Danielle walked into the house, or sorry, when Jackie walked into the house, she up and down Danielle pretty hard. Oh, yeah. She like, checked out her outfit and like clearly was not a fan of it. So they sit down. It's the first thing that's brought up, and Jackie's like, well, I'll tell you why. Because her outfit was an absolute train wreck and blah, blah, blah. And starts going off. And look, I respect the hustle. Well, I understand actually said, what she's doing. Uh, when Melissa said, Danielle told me that you looked her up and down and judged her completely. Jackie said, well, I never do that. But I did. But I did do that. And it's like, well, do you never do it? Or oh, It yeah, sounds like you do it all the time. I, You're pretty well seasoned. I don't believe you. I will say, and I didn't notice this the first go around, but they did show the clip. I like Danielle a lot, but she is dressed like it's 2007. I have no issue that, with the outfit. The short white shorts, and I, you know, the women that are listening right now, they're going to agree with me. I'm telling you. I know fashion. Are you right? fucking so You're going to make that claim? Yep. Oh, God, get them. Everybody's em. going to agree with me. Hey, all y'all, get them. She was wearing the, like, arrow pastel short. Whatever. White. What do you mean, whatever? Who gives a shit? All right, you want to walk around on like uh, the NBA draft in 2005 in those big oversized suits? No, but I no a look, nice I would fit. It's I would look fantastic look. in Aeropostale white short shorts. If you got me a little like, pair of white you shorts, go for like the men's side of it. You're talking about the you would look no, in women's shorts. I would. I would look fantastic. We're gonna have to make a bet on this one, and, and the loser is gonna have to wear small women's shorts. Done and done. You name you name your terms. Do it sir. on your own anyway. I, I, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> but the one thing I'll say on Jackie's behalf is she does seem to be making progress with her eating disorder. She looked great, um, which is really nice to see that she's making progress there because regardless of how we feel about people on these shows, we want them to all be safe, happy, and healthy. Yes. Now, Marge says that Jen Aiden's on a spiral. Okay. And How do you... fails to mention anything that she said on her. Right. End. The fact that she was sitting there gaslighting the absolute shit yeah. out of Jennifer. Aiden. Is Jen Aiden off the fucking rails? Sure. She just like a she, bit, yeah. she just can't stop talking sometimes. Like I wish that at the pool party when everything like popped off and then they were settling down and she's talking to Teresa about where she's like, just stick me in the fucking bleachers. That's funny. Don't then go over to the table full of women that aren't cool with you right now and then repeat that. Yeah. I told her to put me in the bleachers. Dude, shut up. Shut up. It's not funny to them. You, it, was a, it was a good one-liner. Who's more at fault there? Like, are you team Marge or are you team Jen? I'm, I'm Relatively team Jen speaking. because the way that Marge handles things, like she, you're right, like she gaslights situations wildly. Like crazy, and dude. Sometimes, like, She'll put her foot in her mouth and somebody will actually call her on it. But when it's Jen, it just kind of seems like, I don't know, we're kind of seeing this team up of Teresa and Jen. And I still want to see how it plays out. Marge is like a, I don't know, like an animal in the corner just kind of lashing out because she knows that now Jen and Teresa both have dirt on her. So I don't really understand why she's lashing out to begin with. 
but Jen doesn't really, she's not very pointed when she comes back at people. She just kind of stammers and she might have like one hit here, one hit there, but everything in between is just nonsense. And she gets no real like help at home with Bill and she tries to talk to Bill about it and Bill's just like fucking checked out. Dude, like, Bill, I just don't understand where he's even, like she just wants a little support from her husband and he's just sitting there like, well, I mean, self-reflection is something that you kind of have to look inward for. Like, yeah, no fucking well, shit. No, here's what I think happened. And I think I saw a different side of Bill tonight. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I think that he's biting his tongue as hard as he can. I think when she's like, I'm the most self-reflective person in the group. I think he's like, no, you're fucking not. And he's sitting there like trying not to say that. And he doesn't want to say that because he doesn't want to like come after his wife like mm. that. And then she keeps poking. And that's when he goes, well, there's a lot of people at fault here. Like not everybody's perfect. Like, he gives like the rah-rah coaches speech or something like, look, we all got to look ourselves in the mirror and get out there and do better. I think that he's sidestepping the fact that no, she's not self-reflective. And no, I'm not going to tell you that. But no. Apparently, Bill Aiden is a man of principle despite his previous affairs, and he just can't yeah. tell a lie. He can't just, in that moment, be smart enough or have enough feel to go, yeah, you are. He doesn't up even top, have to honey. say, yeah, you are. And first off, it's not hard to be the most self-reflective person in that group. No, it's not at I all. I mean, I'm. this is fucking crazy, but right now, Teresa Judice is the most self-reflective person in that group. Objectively speaking... Objectively I'm not, speaking, I'm not including the newbies because we haven't really seen enough of like Danielle and Rachel. And no, everything. but when she's sitting there doing the affirmations, group, like Marge never looks within. She's always correct in every situation. And she goes home and her husband just yeses her to death while she changes his shirt seven times. Yep. And he says nothing. I imagine Joe, by the way, on like a changing table and Marge with her broken <laughs> arm is like <laughs> switching him out and like putting his diapers on and stuff. Like, oh, you get some Mozzi sticks today, Joey? All right, boy. <laughs> and then like, here's a new shirt for you, bud. And then gives him a little pat on the ass on the way out. Like, have fun at boys night. Don't get too drunk. But like, she never reflects on fucking anything. We see Melissa. She's, I don't know what the hell's going on there. So Jen, maybe if you just did a little self-reflection, you actually would be the most reflective person just in the group. Just ever so slightly. And then your husband wouldn't have to lie to you. But I just think that Bill doesn't do anything in, like, calming her down at all. Like, he could, he's trying to keep the peace everywhere. But all you really have to do is just be like, you know what? You are very self-reflective. I think you could handle situations a little differently. And just maybe think a little bit more about what you want to say before you say it. And don't get baited in when Marge goes off the rails. Because she's just going to talk herself to death. Like, Bill's a smart guy. Just I'm fucking sure. do it. I just don't think he pays attention. He doesn't. I ever. bet he forgets all of their names and just doesn't say anything. <laughs> I would and love just sits that. In the corner. Like, he, like came up with like a wrong name. Yeah, the, I, the husbands in this show are fucking ridiculous. That, they're funny as shit though. And they are. So we're gonna funny. lump all this the last stuff together because we we just went really long with Jersey, but it's hard not to. So let me do like the preamble to the like the end of this episode. Boys' night. Yeah, that's the. But the preamble, we already talked a little bit about the Teresa and Louie talking with their the daughters or the daughters. And um, we did get a brief glimpse of Danielle explaining to Melissa her relationship with her brother and how that's really strained. We see a, like a pretty touching scene with her parents and her kids. And apparently her children are going to be geniuses because they're already going over like Jackson Pollock paintings Jeez, and like yeah, all that, that other wild. shit. They made me feel stupid, but I did know Jackson Pollock. I knew that one. That was the only one. I go, <laughs> Jackson Pollock. Nailed it. Artist. 
but um, <laughs> it kind of sets the tone of just, it's interesting that she can relate to that so specifically. Like, I know what this does to a family. You need to figure this shit out. The reasoning was wild. Crazy. I, I also, Danielle's fucking well, hilarious. Well, it's also, it, like, the real reasoning was not the Instagram thing. That seemed no, to be the straw no. that broke the camera. There was back. obviously a lot going on. Well, it sounds to me like it was, she was at odds with the wife. And, like, the mom's also got acts, too. Mm-hmm. Her mom also got the acts, too. Like, she's yeah. out. The, the dad's the only one with a relationship. But to have somebody in the group able to speak to Melissa this genuinely like yo i know how this goes don't let this happen figure it out trust me it's bad yeah is interesting and it like later on we get to let's just get there the boys dinner yeah so the dudes are all sitting down and you know i do love a good jersey husband's dinner because like i love to hear them talking shit and razzing each other and them just laughing and going back at them instead of like, you know, I feel like a lot of the housewives have lost the ability to just talk some shit and like and laugh. Have fun. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you say anything, anything contradictory or rude, they immediately go back and battle instead of like, oh, let's laugh a little bit and like yeah. kind of just joke around with each other. Just some funny put downs here and they're funny. And like you get to watch that with the guys. But it gets a little bit more serious when Joe starts talking about the Louis stuff and the Teresa stuff. And they're, he's pretty much just talking shit about Louis and Louis walked in. Like he was on a fucking mission, dude. Oh, he yeah. was like head up, like bowed up. And he walked in there like ready to fucking fight. But he didn't do that when he walked up to the table. Like he was pretty calm. He says hi to Joe. He says hi to everybody sits down and it just weirdly escalates out of nowhere. I didn't know what happened. Everyone seemed cool. And all of a it sudden was just it was like, Joe, Joe just being theatrical and just going to be Joe. like popping off because he knows the fucking cameras are there. It's so uh, annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you noticed his vocabulary when he's like, the adjectives he uses are like, like the most extravagant way to say any word. Like, what, so he I'm owns a thesaurus think, somewhere. I wish I had a thesaurus right now because I think he said, did he say, fuck, what was the word? Majestic or something? Like he just, the words he uses are like. It's not that high vocabulary. <laughs> no, no, not high vocabulary. I'm not saying high vocabulary. He dickhead. just uses. He uses words that are like, Loosely attached to the word that he's probably no, they trying just to say. sound much bigger than what he's trying to say. Oh, like yeah. you can tell he's trying to fit in a word where he's like making it a bigger deal. I think it's rehearsed, honestly. That's like what I when think. I watch him saying. talk, like he's he knows where the fucking camera is. He makes sure he gets his good side. He makes sure his ears are tucked under his hat, which hyperbole, fucking cr- hyperbole. Is that what he hyperbole. said? Hyperbole. No, that's what he's doing. Oh, I was it's hyperbole. Say, no chance he knows what that means. No, I, um, I'm saying he's hyperbole is when you over-exaggerate something. For the sake of exaggerating. Correct. Yes. He, that's what he's doing. Yep. Okay. Wow, I just Fair went enough. from sounding so dumb to so smart. Thank God. I was going to piss proud me of you. But no, he really does. It sounds like he writes down a fucking speech like, Louie's going to be there tonight. I got to go over this with Melissa. Let me make sure I get everything right. Uses different words, like brings out his thesaurus, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think he uses a loosely attached word to what he really means to say. And it doesn't really, it just doesn't hit. Like when he pounded the table in the middle of that conversation, he wasn't building up frustration and then took it out on the table. Oh, it came out of like, nowhere. It just out of nowhere. It was yeah. like when he said a certain word, he did it. It's like, why? What's... Like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick you in the balls. Right. Fucking now. Bam. Like yeah. out of nowhere. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, but Louis also, I'm going to break your balls. Louis didn't lose his cool. Louis was pretty. Louis's like, all right, Joe, with the theatrics, like really, like we're really going to do this right now. Like called him out. My favorite part of the whole thing was <laughs> when Joe was, Joe was upset. 
you look over at Frank and Frank goes, Joe, Joe's upset. Lou, Joe is <laughs> no. upset. That's why I love the like husbands. Just over and over. Like they were just repeating things. And then you had the, I thought that, um, yeah. And, and like you look over and like John and, and Nate are just trying to interject themselves where they could. John hit a little bit more than Nate did. You could tell Nate was definitely uncomfortable, but it was just so funny to see them like backing up, like in true Italian fashion, like in every Italian movie that I've ever seen. It's like, Joey's upset. Like yeah, you can on, see him Joey's over here. Upset. Joey's upset. And, and it de-escalated somehow. And it's Louie. Like Louie just starts talking to him. Like your, your sister loves you. You got to make sure that like sh- you love her back and you guys got to squash this and you got to do this and that. It says you guys somehow just, it just you have to talk. Yeah, it did. And Joe, like it shut Joe up yeah. shockingly. Probably because he didn't escalate it to the point that Joe wanted it to. No, and like go according to plan, brought it back down to earth, and they had a normal conversation about it. Joe responds, "I don't want to get hurt again." Like Mm -hmm. if that was genuine, okay. But for that moment to even be able to occur, you had to have somebody de-escalate the situation. Say what you want about Louis. Okay, say what you want. And yeah, he still has some moments where he says some off-color shit about some of the ladies, but like. Overall, he seems to be trying to help the situation. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Shooter here to talk to you guys a little bit about BetterHelp. And listen, we watch Bravo shows, and what we talk about the majority of the time is people on our screens, and honestly, potentially, they could use some therapy, and they could really benefit from it. And when you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down, and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you, because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. And listen, when we're talking about the people on the screen that need therapy, we're not just saying it. We also live it. Steele and I talk about it all the time. We both benefit from therapy, and we know that everybody else can as well. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it's nice to speak with somebody in a judgment-free zone. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BravBros today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BravBros. But now we are back in Miami, or I guess we're in, what, the Bahamas? Nassau? Uh, in the Bahamas. Same horn? Same horn, place. different place. <laughs> but <laughs> because this is a reunion episode and we still have a shit ton to talk about, we're going to kind of like, ex- this will be the Cliff Notes version, if you will. The main thing of this episode is Adriana, Marisol, Alexia. A little bit of Julia. A little bit of Julia sprinkled in there, but pretty much, I mean, the main focus is Adriana and her beef slash just feeling excluded from the group. Now, up until this point, I felt a certain way about Adriana. I didn't, like, love her. I didn't hate her. I was kind of down the middle. I did. There. Yeah, and I felt bad for her until this episode. Yeah. Because as I'm watching, look, I do not like Alexia. She stinks. Okay, I don't like Marisol anymore. She stinks. Barracuda. But watching Adriana try to, like, pander for attention and all this shit was annoying to me. And, look, Mm -hmm. I I feel for her when she was saying, you know, she's lonely. She's had a tough go. Like, her husband cheated on her. She's raising a kid by herself. Like, there's a lot of things that would lead to some of these insecurities. 
totally understand and respect that that's hard. But, dude, you can't have somebody fall on your ankle and end up in a goddamn wheelchair and then be mad when everyone's down at the water and you're like holed up in a, a beach chair. You want to ruin everyone's day because your ankle hurts? That's exactly what she wants. Why, she, though? Like, it was the wild. This was the wildest single person, single performance episode of Housewives it was I've incredible. ever seen in my entire it life. It was theatrical. When she was talking to the, what do you even want to call her? Like the rage enthusiast or the rage oh, therapist? No, she's a healer. She's a rage healer. Rage healer. Whatever. Go shout at the ocean. Uh, another, another story for a different day. I, I'm not getting into that. But... What? I don't want to talk about the rage therapist and my. Oh, I thought on you, I thought you had that. a personal oh, story God, about you no. yelling at the ocean. I was no. like, well, we have to get it. No, this. there were two things. There was that, and then uh, Summer House with uh, talking about horoscopes and shit. Um, two things I'm not touching on today because we don't have enough time. Oh no, I am touching on the horoscope thing on Summer House. <laughs> Jesus. All right, fine. Um, but Adriana sitting there and telling the rage therapist that she. People are just going to find her one day dead next to her dead dog and nobody's going to care. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? How did we get here? I don't know. After you just got excluded from your friends and like, I get it. Like Julie even put it out there. You guys have been friends for 10 plus years. They're not really friends, honestly. They're again, we talked about it before. They're coworkers. They don't really care for each other for the most part. So who gives a shit? It's tough. Oh, oh. They were bridesmaids in each other's weddings. Like there, there is a friendship. Yeah, I guess there, there is, but, but what's like, for show and what's real life? But is... shit fades. And like the other thing is, I think it's hard to judge like where these friendships go while mm-hmm. they're on the show because they're all pandering for views. They're pandering for popularity, and they're mm-hmm. trying to be the main attraction on their show, on their respective shows. So what ends up happening to these friendships and relationships is they get muddled and they get kind of wacky. But, I mean, clearly, Adriana's working through some shit and projecting it in a very interesting way. Alexia's working through some shit, projecting it in an interesting way. The fact that they can't let go of the fucking witchcraft thing, dude. Like, oh my God, like dude. stop talking about it. It's I crazy. It. As soon as Marisol showed up, the whole fucking show, like, she's got to go. It shifted. Because here's the thing is, like, I, without Marisol, I saw some glimmers of Alexia being a good member of the show. And then I'm like, you know what? She's okay. Marisol shows up. Nope. See you later. Bro, bro, bro. Fucking shut up. Enough. The other, just real quick, and then you can keep going, but like, just to prove that, we, like you said, we saw glimmers of possible reconnection between Alexia and Mm -hmm. Adriana. The minute Marisol arrives and they go back to Marisol's room, she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you showed up. Adriana was coming for me. She was not. No, she was not remotely coming nope. for her at all. No, but the the narrative switched yes. immediately, and it's so annoying to watch that too. But Adriana, yeah, like playing it up and getting carried back to her room, the whole fucking wheelchair thing. Julie is sitting there being a real friend. You could just confide in her. You don't need to go ruin everybody else's time sitting on the beach talking about how your song. You thought that your song was going to heal everything. I I hated that I laughed at this, but Alexia saying, you know. We don't have a problem with the song. The song in, in her confessional, she said, I know a hit when I hear a hit. And she said, we don't have a problem with the song. It's the person who sings the song that we have a problem with. And I'm like, that's fucking funny. It was. And that's what delivers the the worst fucking line I think I've ever heard this in our may, whole time doing this. This may go down in Bravo history as the worst thing ever said by a housewife. Yeah. And... It should be grounds for like some kind of repercussion. She's a friend of. Just get get her off the show. Like, dude, sucks. you cannot. Take Marisol. Absolutely cannot compare 
your drunk friend falling on your foot at the beach to a life-altering car accident that mm -hmm. almost resulted in death. It changed Frankie's life forever. It changed Alexia's life forever. And say what the fuck you want about Alexia. She's a good mother. Yeah. All right, she works her ass off for that kid. And you see it. We've seen it on the TV. Like, Brav Bros rule number one. Rule number one. Leave the kids out of it. The golden rule, if you will. The golden rule. Yeah. Especially in such a touchy subject as that, in which it is such a drastic, crazy difference in your little incident at the beach and yep. a life-changing car accident. Like, the fact that she said that, it, it was almost like I was waiting for God to, like, just, like, strike her with lightning. Like, no, nope. I gotta ask you, though, because I did tell you what happened last week, because for whatever, again, I don't know why. Maybe Bravo was trying to soften the blow. Probably. Like, we don't really want this to be, like, a we gotta, thing. Like, we gotta make, make it sure a little bit. people into it. this is, holy shit. we can't cut it entirely, but... Here's what we got. So, did it help that you knew it was coming? No. No, no, no. It didn't make a difference. No. It didn't make a difference because, like, I knew what I was expecting, but actually hearing it and then, because what I didn't know, it was almost worse, mm -hmm. because what I was expecting was, like, a knockdown, drag-out fight, Alexia screaming at her, and, like, all this shit's going to, like, hell in a handbasket, and then that's when she clapped back. No. No, it was a relatively mellow conversation. There mm -hmm. was some shots being fired. But not no one raised their voice. Like it was, it was kind of even keeled. And then all of a sudden, from the fucking top rope, with the worst thing I've ever heard, mm -hmm. it was crazy. I can't. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I don't think it made it better. I think it made it worse. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that takes us to Summer House once again. We're gonna expedite this one a little bit. Shooter thinks that we're not going to talk about the horoscope thing, but we are absolutely going to talk about the horoscope thing because I can't get the horoscope thing out of my fucking head. Anyway, we're on episode two of The Summer House, and what are your thoughts? Uh, it definitely got better, I guess, but it's still just not like the show that we want to watch. We want to watch them have fun, not kind of like squabble amongst themselves. Go to bed at midnight. Go to bed at midnight. Like It was Fourth of July weekend. They're they're unencumbered. They're at a house that's paid for in the fucking Hamptons. Like, go have fun. I don't care if you're 40 or 30 or 27. Yeah. I don't want to watch Kyle do a skip it with Sam pouring a shot for herself and then them going to bed. That was the 4th of July like yep. finale of you that You know what night. the mainstay is? Is that Kyle, and Kyle, I think, is he the oldest one there now? Yes. No, Lindsay might be. No, no Lindsay's no, Kyle. a couple years younger. Kyle. Kyle's the oldest one there. And he is up and ready to go still Yeah, at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever time. He doesn't care. He's saying it the most. Summer's supposed to be fun, right, Kyle? Yeah. It's not fun this year. Everybody. And you're bringing in these new people like Maya, like I guess Sierra is still considered relatively new. Nah, she's, she's not new anymore. I know, but well, I think that's because she's on so many shows. But this is only her third summer, and she was a friend of the first time. And... Paige, you know, she's always been a little bit of a, a bummer at night, like a disappointment, like trying to stay up and party. Like we know that it's almost that we expect it because there's right. been other people. Yeah. Now that's just Kyle. It's sad. It is. It makes me sad. And like, I pretty, I pretty much just want to like focus around the beach, and then Lindsay, Carl, and Kyle once again. Yeah. So while we're at the beach, first off. 
the babe talk with Lindsay and Carl needs to go. She cheers him on when they're doing a body surf, a.k.a. pissing in the water. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? And then he denied that he was peeing. We all know he you said were doing, he was buddy. peeing. No, she said, were you peeing? He said, no, I was just cooling down. Oh, he did? Yeah, he was definitely oh, see, cause that, We all that, know that, that move, bro. That to uh, another... Oh, I would just admit it. That's what I was going to ask you. How far do you go to pee in the ocean? Like, where are you going knees? Are you going waist? Are you going nips? Uh, waist. Waist? Yeah. Yeah, I do waist. What happens when you get... Have you ever done it where you think you're waist deep, then the wave goes out, and uh, you're actually knee deep, so and you're just pissing your pants? <laughs> what I'll usually do is, if I feel like that's going to happen, and this is really good content... I will lean forward and then like do like sort of like a swimmy motion with like a swimmy motion. Yeah, so that way I'm like face down. So that way you can still keep going regardless of the depth. Okay, all right. So you do a little swim. So you swim in your own pee. Cool. Um, anyway, oh, yeah. the only it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about the horoscope thing. I don't know why you have to do this. To I me. have to do this because I am one that actually usually like backs up like the healers and the shamans and like all that stuff. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to see that. This conversation literally made my skin crawl. This man, objectively speaking, this beautiful man. Nice. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, he's good looking. Dude. Come on. He walks up. We don't know him. We don't know him from Adam. We have no idea what he's like. Is he a good dude? Is he a bad dude? He tells her that he's a cancer, and she is so fucking rude to him, and I was just blown away. And we'd heard her little rant about, like, she's a, f- first of all, if you're a sign, if you do, like, choose to live that life, that's fine. Do your thing. I don't give a shit. I didn't know there's, like, 15 different ones. I could be a Libra, Virgo, and a cancer, as depending on which moon is rising and falling in the sunset. I don't know what the fucking rules are, but. Something to do with Gatorade. Sure. For her to, like get up in arms and angry at this man for being a cancer because her shitty ex-boyfriend was a cancer is ridiculous. It was so, like, legit. Back of my neck was like, my, the hair was standing up. I was like, why are we doing this? Why are you shutting this man down because he was born on a certain month? No, it's, well, it, I'm happy she shut him down to save him a life of that bullshit. Okay, fair. Because, like, here's the thing is he was... Even in the midst of that, even in just pretty much just getting bitch slapped because he was born in fucking July or whenever the fucking dumb, I don't (laughs) care. He gets slapped because he was born in a certain month and he's still like kind of playing it off and being fun. Well, he's trying to flirt though because I I can't, I don't think that he thinks there's, he's like, there's no way that she could be this mad at me for being born. God. Like that's probably where his head's at. Like, oh, this is a fun, we're just kind of like. Ribbing each other a little bit. Like, she's going to she's gonna come around. And then she's like, thanks, bye. And I was like, what the? And then she goes, like, after she was talking about this guy, too, because they met last week because he's one of Chris's friends. And what's her stipulations for a good, uh, good um, significant other is, I'm shallow. He needs to be a model. I don't like Gabby. No. Let me just go ahead and no, say I, that right I, now. No. I can firmly say I don't like Gabby. Yeah. I know you. As soon as I heard the signs, I was like, she was going to hate this. Yeah. But No. Anyway, let's get away from that. I just need to touch on it because it pissed me off. It pissed me off a lot. But the other thing. So the elephant in the room, as Kyle said, and said it so well. And I'm curious about your stance on this. So Carl has been feeling a certain way about working at Loverboy, right? He's not sure it's what he wants to do. He's, He's saying that there's some issues with his sobriety. He's not sure he wants to be around that scene, okay? Kyle is upset with Carl. Because Carl's not doing his job. But at the same time, Kyle seems to be trying to figure it out, right? Like, he's, he's confused as to what has happened. 
although he has a pretty reasonable theory. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your stance on on this overall? Like, give me, give me it, your. I mean, it's got to be tough to be both parties. I'll, we'll lay that out. You have a friendship and you work together. One person owns the company, or at least owns the majority of the company. The other person kind of works for you and is thankful for his job, as Kyle said so many times, when he was unhirable. The breakdown just doesn't make any sense from Carl's point of view. It doesn't. He says that he's working 90 hours a week, and now you've got Kyle saying, I talk to my sales team all the time, and Carl's a VP of sales. They don't know what he does. Right. I talk to a distributor in California who is saying that he's terminating our relationship. That's Carl's zone. I get an email from that guy, and he tags or he CCs a couple people from our company on there. Carl's not on the email, so that means he doesn't even have Carl's email. That's his territory. How the fuck does he not have a relationship? Like that's your job if you're a VP of sales is cultivating and maintaining relationships. Correct. If you're not doing that, if your team doesn't know what you do, how are you working ninety hours a week? Do you know what that is? That's eighteen hours a day in a five hour in a five day cycle. So even if you're working seven. So what is that? Like you're working seven hours a day, Saturday and Sunday? Like it doesn't add up at all. No, no one knows what you do. Schedule. And you feel like you're underappreciated. And to Kyle's point, and while I hate how Kyle went about it at the dinner, to Kyle's point, he hired him when he was unhirable. He was the worst employee of all time. He was showing up drunk. He mentions the Coke thing. He was the worst fucking employee in the company. And Kyle stuck stuck by him because he's a good friend and he wants to make sure that he's okay. And now Carl's going to sit here and be like, I feel like I'm underappreciated. And you get Danielle's dumbass who doesn't know shit about what's going on. And she's just sat there so angry. And again, I get it. Kyle went about it the complete wrong way at the dinner. So if I'm Danielle, Carl's friend, I would be pissed and be like, dude, not here. Not the time, not the place. Done. But don't sit there and be like, he feels underappreciated and underpaid. He's fucking lucky he has a job. And I'm sure he gets paid pretty fucking well. Absolutely. Here's my thing with the whole dinner. And it goes back to the, the conversation that Maya and Lindsay had on the beach in which Lindsay doesn't let her get a word in. And like when Maya's saying, like, I've never been talked to like that in my life, I'm like, that probably happened. I've seen Lindsay do that a thousand times to people. She loses her shit and she can't like. I was partially on Lindsay's side during this. Oh, moment. no way. Maya was very, very, very condescending. After and Lindsay was not. After Lindsay, she kept talking over. Yeah. No, see, we're not going to see eye to eye on this one. I just think that I don't, you know, Maya's, I can take her or leave her. I just thought she was super condescending. She was repeating the things that Lindsay was saying in a very sarcastic tone. She did the whole bitch thing, which I always fucking hate. It's like, no, I call my friends bitch. It's like, no, you called her a bitch. You called her a bitch. Let's be real. You called her a bitch. That kind of irked me, but I, I know who Lindsay is, and I know that she's gaslighting in some way. So I didn't really like the whole conversation. I didn't really enjoy it at all. But we promised you we'd get here eventually. And we told you to buckle up. It's a reunion episode. We got lots to talk about. We're two opinionated bros over here. We can't fucking help ourselves. But uh, we're at the ROP reunion. And I, I love that they... Because one of my biggest pet peeves with reunions is that they like tiptoe around. And the first episode is like bullshit. And we don't get anything. Yeah. I love that they just kicked it off with the Robin and Juan and the reasonably shady episode of Robin, like saying what actually happened. But the one thing to note is the seating chart. I guess all of the women were confused as to like where they were sitting. I like that they mixed it up. I like that, you know, some people over here, some people over there. Yeah, I like that Andy referred to it as a puzzle. Yeah. Like you guys are 
at any given moment, you guys are not on good terms with each other. So it really is a puzzle. I don't know who to sit next to who, and we have a whole team that tries to figure that out. Oh, I, I do need to announce, and if you're watching us on YouTube, you see it already, but I wore... Chris Bassett brought us those shirts that you saw in the beginning of the reunion with uh, Candace on it and says, not today, Satan, not today, ankles, not today, neck. And I'm I'm wearing that shirt proudly. I had to, you know, bro, bro it out Show a little it out. bit yeah. and cut the sleeves off. But Yeah, first thing he did. First thing I did. Actually, I just flexed and it came off. But oh, Jesus <laughs> But we start with Ashley. All right, Ashley is the first one on the chopping block. And obviously, we talk about her divorce or lack thereof. And um, yes. After hearing her and Michael's situation, how do you feel about that? Like, would you be comfortable knowing that your ex had a key to your house? Uh, your ex is Michael Darby. Yeah, that, I mean, that definitely muddies the water when it's that guy. Um, so just for the sake of the kids and trying to have, like, a copacetic relationship with the children's father and vice versa, I think it's okay. Now, it's Michael Darby, so it's sketchy. But in, you know, the perfect world, I think it's entirely okay as long as the boundaries that are set are actually met. But again, it's Michael Darby. So it's like I keep wanting to be like, yeah, you know, that's fine. Like they are obviously going to have their father growing up. And at the end of the day, it is kind of his house. But if the boundaries are there and they work, I think I'm supporting it. But again, it's Michael Darby. If if time has showed us really, anything, you know, yeah, if like there's sketchy, having a hard time. If sketchy shit can happen with that man, sketchy shit happens. Sketchy shit's definitely gonna happen. But I, I will say, we give Andy a lot of shit on reunions. He went after them today. He was good, and he was good. I don't know if it's because this season, pretty much all of the women were on some sort of spotlight for some shitty behavior or some sketchy things going on there and Andy's got a lot to work through. So Maybe. he's got a ton of material and he doesn't like, it wasn't like Salt Lake where he has to draw it out of them. Mm. Like, there's a lot there and they're all going to start like getting on each other immediately. So I think he has a little bit of help and I think that goes with the cast and I think Potomac's great for reunions because they all will just chime in and start digging yeah. at each other. And they kind of do Andy's job for him in some capacity, but his questions and then immediate follow-ups I thought were pretty good. And I know people are going to be like, oh, what is Andy in your fucking pocket now? Like, no, I think he just did a good job this time. Yeah, no, we'll give credit where credit's due. And if always. he wants to get in our pocket, he can get in our fucking pocket. But um, how about the prenup? What do you mean it didn't work out? Yeah, me too. Of course he loopholes. Wait, what, what was the worst business talk? Was it Ashley talking about the prenup or was it Mia talking about her business? Well, neither. The, here's what bugs me no, about No, no, Ashley. what was worse? I just got to answer flat out. Yep. Mia. Mia was worse. Mia was worse because, I'm like... I'm still fucking struggling from that me one. Me too. Mia's was worse because Ashley is, one, expected because Michael Darby's a fucking snake. And two, you know, she clearly just didn't read the fine print. That's all that happened yeah. there. She didn't read the stipulation. She did not have a lawyer look over it and say, like, hey, this is going to fuck you out of all of the money. But you can't be surprised at that because earlier this season when they were talking about the divorce... She still didn't have she a lawyer. She didn't take... Well, when she went to go get legal counsel, or at least some advice... The lawyer that she spoke with told her, absolutely not. That would be a terrible move to buy a house jointly with the person you're divorcing. Yeah. And she went and did it anyway. Because Michael's probably so, here like, no, it's fine. But it's that's the fine. thing is maybe she did actually talk to a lawyer about the prenup. I, I can't imagine that Lump didn't urge you her know to go Lump do it. was like banging like, his head against the wall. You better go fucking make sure that you get some money out of this if it doesn't work out. And she's like, I'll have a lawyer take a look at it. 
lawyer takes a look at it. I would absolutely take these things out. Let me go talk to Michael about it. He says leave them in, so I'm going to leave them in there. Like, I just, I don't know if Ashley's not bright enough or is just like a walkover, but it's just, I'm, I'm just not surprised whatsoever. I'm not surprised either. I, I, I feel for her a little bit. I mean, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that like, definitely he put sucks. up with Michael Darby for how long and like you don't even get a payday out of it. Like that mm-hmm. blows. But we come back to like a little clip of like, do you feel sorry? And I'm glad Andy brought this up again, point for Andy. Yeah. For saying to Candace that she's the least accomplished out of the group. Our girl Candace had a huge year. She got her masters. She dropped an album. She recorded a music video with fucking Trina. Like she had a massive year. Instead of just being able to like swallow her pride and just say, you know what? I apologize. Period. Move on. She has to double down because Ashley Darby is gonna Ashley Darby. Mm -hmm. And she's like, at some point, I think that you just gotta take care. You gotta be able to take care of yourself. Like she said that in the past. And Candace brings that up again. She still doesn't put it together. And this is what bugs me about Ashley. It's like what you accused Candace of doing by living in a house that her parents paid for. You're doing the same fucking thing. And yep. you're saying that you stand alone. But, dude, what's your job? What do you do? How do you make money? TikTok? I'm, I'm dead serious. Probably. I'm not trying to be an asshole yeah. here. Like, what do you do? That, like, Candace is a recording artist. Okay? Like, she has income. For you to say that you have to stand on your own two feet financially is, is crazy to me, especially to Candace of all people, because she had family money. Get the fuck out of here. You have family money now. Like that's literally what you did was marry a gremlin, AKA Gollum, AKA the worst fucking human being on earth because he had money. You didn't walk into a bar and see that bald headed man and go, God damn, I need me a piece of that. <laughs> you did. There's a fucking problem there. Although what's his sign? Oh, what's his sign? I'm done with it. I'm moving on. And we get to Mia. All right. And I will be honest here. And I know that you were a tough critic on Mia. I was too. You much more so than me. Are you going soft on Mia? Not going soft on Mia. But I thought her end, like last two to three episodes of the season, I thought she was good. I thought she was making progress. Mm -hmm. To the point where I'm cool with her coming back next year. Like I Mm -hmm. think that she can continue to grow. But when we start diving into Mia's financials and her business, one, not that surprised. Two, what do you mean that your brother wrote you out of the bank account? Yeah, it was, it was G's brothers, which, I mean, that's just not true. That's not how that works. She also says that she owns 40% of the company, but she only has one seat on the board. So, no, 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 no. Somebody else said that she had 40%. She said it's actually more. Oh my God. Which would imply that you own. I'm not to surprised half that I missed that because I was. She put my mind in a bottle. I the whole fucking thing from start to finish was an absolute catastrophe, and I hate to say it, but the best point made the entire time was Giselle talking about embezzlement because it all makes sense now. But dude. To throw out such a wild alligator. Did you not have Mia a oh shit moment? Mia did not lash out at which is, all. Which is even crazier. Which means it's probably true. <laughs> like, let's oh, be honest. Allegedly. Like, allegedly. At the, allegedly, for sure. I don't want lawyers. But for like, it, it all makes sense. Like You're spending money on very, very stupid things. You're renovating a house that you're renting. It makes so absolutely no sense. I'm so glad that they called that out. You have a house in Charlotte and another rental property in Charlotte. Why? That doesn't make any sense. 
it sounds like G's brothers are like, who the fuck is Mia and why is she doing this? Like, yeah. you know that G is sitting there like, yeah, go ahead, put all that money into that rental property that we don't own. Go ahead and do that. Go do this. You're the CEO. You better step up and do whatever. The whole thing made no sense. She had no idea what she was talking about. I, I went from feeling bad to wanting to like look up my old business textbooks just to like reiterate like the things that I learned because I feel like she deteriorated my mind. Well, I had no idea what happened in that like it seemed like the longest forty like they should have done the Bravo thing where they start the music and just start kind of like skipping through. Because when she was trying to talk and going from sentence to sentence, she was contradicting herself back and forth and back and forth and not and just making shit up. Honestly. But how are you not well versed on like you have you should have a story going into it? No, no, no. But I know she so, did have a story and she forgot the story. Oh, you think that she just blew her lines? Yeah. Interesting. I think that like and Colleen said, I think somebody coached her up and then fucked it up somehow. She like, it made no. And sense. also, Colleen's a big fan. So if you want to be a fan club of Mia. Colleen's coming no, no, around. No, 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 no. She felt no, bad. No, no, no. no, no you, no, no, no. I'm not a fan. You're getting there. Not even close. I'm yeah. saying that she did enough for me at the end of the year to warrant a comeback. I, yeah, I, I actually agreed with that part. Oh, you're in the fan I, club now? You I don't like her. I, I'm not going soft on her. I think that that was maybe the dumbest, like, two minutes of television that I had to watch. It was, it was hard to follow. For me, I, 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 there's too many board members, then not enough board members, then too many board members. And then I didn't understand the voting system didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I don't understand whose votes. If she owns more than 40% of the company, then she would have more than one vote. That doesn't fucking make sense. But anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. It hurt my brain, too. But they're now living in a penthouse in North Bethesda, which if you know Bethesda at all, like I can't imagine what that is a month. So like if you're running out of money and living off your savings, maybe don't rent a penthouse in one of the more expensive areas on the east coast (laughs) gotta keep up the good looks i guess but then we get to candace and obviously candace and chris took kind of the center stage for a vast majority of the season because of all the nonsense and um i will say before that giselle has offered to have sex with andy if he is 60 and still has not had sex i saw that so you know that's very nice of you giselle We'll see how that works out. Uh, you know, uh, no comment. Yeah, you can start an OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, Patreon. Patreon. Put it behind the paywall. We get to Candace, and immediately we, we bring up the allegations, and it, it grinded my gears so much when, and a lot of people don't know this, you're going to know this next Monday when the interview with Chris drops. Chris showed us the DMs between him and Giselle. Yep. We have read them in person on his phone. We know what happened. We know it was said. We know it was not said. For her to say that him saying, if I made you feel uncomfortable, is an admission of guilt is crazy. He said, if I made you feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry, which is acknowledging her feelings. It's not saying, hey, I made you feel uncomfortable. Yep. I'm sorry. Saying, if I did, that wasn't my intention. That's not claiming, oh, I did something wrong. And there's a huge distinction there when it's something that's this touchy. When it's this potentially problematic, mm-hmm. semantics are important. Very. And for her to, right out of the gate, and he admitted it. Thank God, Andy and production, once again, yeah. like they, they have Chris's back. And I'm, I'm really grateful for it because 
Andy's like, that's not really admission. And, she's and this like, is actually like, Andy's not playing favorites, and I can't tell. I always try to look for his favorites. I don't think he has any favorites except for maybe Karen, I guess, who, by the way, looks like she was ready to fall asleep the whole time. Yeah, she didn't do shit. She, maybe she'll take center stage later, but whatever. Well, it's going to be her and Sharice is going to be a big thing, which I don't really care about. I don't really care about that either, but to see Andy step in so quickly and be like, well, that's not an admission of guilt. I didn't take it like that. Let's elaborate on this. And I was thankful for it. Candace was definitely thankful for it. Giselle, not so much. She was just kind of talking. And then you get Wendy chiming in, also saying, like, this is what you do. Yeah, and you it take is. take down husbands. Like, you're known for this. If it was a one-off situation and this happened, we might give you, like, a little bit of leeway on this one. But you've done this before. It's a pattern. Yeah. And at this point, we know better, and we're not going to do the same shit that we usually do. We're going to call you out on it. And I just don't think that Giselle did anything to help her case. I don't really think that we got anywhere. And it sounds like next week we will get somewhere because at least the husbands come on, Chris will come on. And it sounds like Chris has a lot to say. Well, we know what Chris said. Yeah. But we can't say it yet. But Giselle goes on to say, like, she would apologize for calling him what a sneaky link. And, you know, Candace, she's so articulate and she's so good at talking shit. And then she goes too far. And she may have said something about Giselle's uterus, which was, you know. Twice. Not warranted. But Giselle continues to, like, take this stance that she's in the right. And she says, I'll apologize for the sneaky link comment. Mm -hmm. Candace says, shove that apology up your ass. Literally. And you should. Like, that's such a a cop-out of what you caused this season. And for you to be like, yeah, I'll apologize for calling me sneaky link. Like, I didn't mean that. Well... By you putting that out into the universe on TV, you could have ruined his career, his life, his marriage. If, if Candace wasn't ride or die for her man and didn't trust him implicitly yeah. and they didn't have such a good marriage, that could have fucked up so many things. Had she had one inkling that any of that was true of any of the shit that Giselle was talking, and it goes, flashes to different things of her saying shit, thanks once again to production. Like... You can't just do that to people's lives. And this is where, you know, people want to talk about like, oh, you guys forget the reality aspect of it. Like, we have now crossed that boundary. There, this is reality TV, and we sometimes need to remember that. But these cast members need to also remember that while this is reality TV, these are real yeah. lives. I thought that was actually like perfect timing, too, because we had multiple people on this show at the reunion talking about when cameras were rolling. Wendy brought it up about Giselle. You waited, you sat on this for how long, and then cameras started rolling and you brought it up. Candace said the same thing. I've seen you multiple times in the off-season, if you will. You came to my album release party. You could have told me then if it really made you feel uncomfortable. And then you get Robin's dumbass chiming in. Oh, she told me when she got in the car. Like, Robin, two months ago, you sat down with me and Chris at lunch and said, yeah, she mentioned it, but like I didn't see it as like a big issue. You were backing up Candace and Chris at that point. Now you're going to sit there and completely switch teams just to be an ass like it just makes no sense left out the best line that she had what was the best line that she had wait can we all no robin can we all agree that a married man shouldn't be alone in a room with another woman oh my god hello jesus i like that hello glass house i'm surprised andy didn't say something there tell one that andy went on to the victorian era thing and being like i don't know at this point he didn't know that the the wand shit hadn't come out yet The reunion was taped before that. God, that so he had no idea. But that for her hit so to say, hard. but you cannot sit there knowing that. Yeah, Robin knew, and say anything. I know oh, you're trying man, to back up your green-eyed huge. bandit, but what the fuck are you doing? 
Yeah, but that that is like a really good point with this is they're all quote unquote breaking the fourth wall. They're all talking about production. They're all talking about when the cameras are rolling, people are different. People are doing different things. Like we talk about it all the time. Is this real? I'm not going to say it. Fucking say it cuz Eminem will sue us. Eminem will sue us. <laughs> but it's is it real or is it for the camera? Is did it production shady? do Fuck. this? You did it. I couldn't help it. Or did they edit it to make it look like this? Like, there's so many things that we talk about. And yeah, I'm sorry, but we can't look at it like a fictional show. These are real fucking people, and there's real repercussions to the things that they do. And it sounds like Giselle has ruined marriages before, probably for the sake of her show and her storyline and all that dumb bullshit. So I'm happy that people are calling her out on it. I'm happy that Andy's not just sitting there and playing favorites this time. I'm actually looking forward to the second round of this reunion. No, I am too. I think it's going to be good. I think that we got off to a good start. And I, like you said, there seems to be enough this season that both reunion episodes are going to be good. And, yeah. you know, we enjoy the season overall. Like, Is I there think two we or three? Did. We do this I every think there's, time. there's two because the third oh one was going to be the Robin interview. Oh god. Which was the same as Salt Lake was gonna be the third one, the Jen Shaw. Interview. I don't think we're gonna get anything out of that interview. No, and I don't know if they're actually gonna like air it like that anymore. Probably but, not. Um No, I mean overall it was during the season there was times where I was like, fuck, there's a lot of drama going on. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up. But you kind of get the payoff at the end because okay, the reunion is is good. Like it's the good. first there's episode a lot going on, yeah. Most first episodes of the reunion stink. Like they're slow, like yeah. we're building up to the big drop next. But this was a good episode. That takes us to the question portion of the show. And we got a lot of questions. So we're going to take as many as we can. We can't take that many because it's a reunion app and it's already gone too long. But let's start it out here. From Miranda E518, would you watch a series of Just the Jersey Husbands? Love listening to you guys. Love you too. Uh, no. I don't think there's enough there. You don't? No, it would, it would have to be like four episodes, what maybe about a miniseries. Like an ultimate about a mini-series? girls trip type situation. Like, what about yeah, an ultimate only... dudes trip? An ultimate bros trip? But they we can go. Them. We could go. All right, fine. Yeah, I'd have to. Actually, no, I wouldn't watch. Actually, I would just go. And oh, I definitely cannot watch myself no on a Bravo show. Shit. I wouldn't want to see how we get edited. I think we would get the shaft. Yeah, we would definitely get the shaft. Yeah. But it, the the problem with Bravo and these ultimate boys trips, girls trips, whatever. They always make them go too long. Like four episodes. Short, short and sweet. It's fun. Yeah, just get in, get out. Yep. I agree. I would watch that. Ah, counterpoint. From Reagan Adrian. Should the husbands get confessionals and do they get too much screen time? I like the husbands in Jersey. I feel like they get the right amount of screen time. There are other shows where I don't think the husbands deserve any screen time. Salt Lake. Um, I don't think they need confessionals now. Maybe, like, if it's a Chris thing, like, where he has to defend himself, absolutely. If I start to see, like, Louie in a confessional and Joe, like, Joe gets a lot of confessional shit, like, nah, it, that, that's where it's going too far. From Amy Dubrowland, Robin and Giselle, who should get demoted? Robin. Robin. Think, yeah. So, until... No, not even until. I think Robin, if it's those two, look, say what you want about Giselle. She's good for the show. She is good for the show, and I do kind of want to see her standing on her own without Robin. It would be an interesting dynamic to see her alone. Yeah. All right, two more, two more. From M. Kelly 630, are you team Frank or team Polly? 
ask us this a week ago, it would have been different. I know. It's now last week I probably probably would have been like neutral Switzerland maybe. This week I'm I'm slightly team Frank. I th- I just like Frank a lot. I like Frank a lot too. I didn't love the interaction with Paul. I think yeah. that he could have done a better job. I'm not anti-Paul by any means. I understand where he's coming from. I just thought that could have gone better. So I'm I'm Switzerland still. I'm down the middle. Okay. Leaning right. towards Frank because I love Frank. Yeah. But um that does it for us. You got anything else? No. No. Well, as usual, follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at brav underscore bros. And follow us on TikTok at brav bros. Is that right? Yes. One of them doesn't have an underscore. TikTok is just brav bros. Yes. Right. Also, we are on Cameo. We just did one tonight where I was featured in my apron. It was great. That's all that you don't need to know anymore. <laughs> Fucking nightmare. Maybe I'll post it. Maybe I'll post it because it, nope. it was pretty funny. But... uh other than that, be on the lookout next Monday for our Chris Bassett interview. It is going to come right on the heels of part two of the reunion. So after you hear from him at the reunion, you'll be able to really get his take on how he felt about this season. Um, other than that, Rob Bros are out of here. See you next week.